What's up, everybody? This is Music Sucks and I Want to Die. I'm Jake. I am Matt. This is our 41st episode, and I'm excited. I got something to say about oh, that. Oh, word, word. Okay, that's a good joke. I actually, this is a brief aside, like nope, some 41. No, yeah, no. I did. I did. I'm not super proud of it. I didn't mind that much. I listened to some 41 when I was in high school, or late, late middle school. Well, that's a good segue, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Music we like. Oh, yeah. But we're not talking about some 41. Some 41 edition. Oh, cool. We're going to play 41, some 41 songs. <laughs> <laughs> Brace yourselves. It's going to be a long have, one. I don't know if they have 41 songs. <laughs> so, uh, in case you don't have a grasp on sarcasm, we are literally never playing some 41. <laughs> You say that now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> On this podcast. Ten years in, we're like, well, <laughs> scraping the bottom. Some 41. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so we are here to talk about music we like. Yes. This is a recurring series we've done. This is our third one. Basically how it works. Uh, for a refresher, for those of you who aren't rabid fans, uh, we Matt and I each pick two groups, artists, bands, whatever, that we are interested in, and we try to display to you and each other why we're into them. I think it's a nice thing for us, because usually we just talk shit. Uh, and then get hit, yeah. Although I do believe you're going to talk a little shit about one of these bands yep. later. And the, well, okay, but we, we, tell yeah. me I'm wrong. I mean, it is the name of our podcast. We can't Yeah, we can't just be all like butterflies. Exactly. Uh, there, you can find the cringe well, everywhere. But yes, this is just more of our personal taste, not trying to be edgelord, like, obscure... Right. We listen to blah, blah, blah albums. Just like shit we like. Yeah. Shit we talk about. And let's jump in. Fired up. I believe it's your turn to go first. It is my turn to go first. Hell yeah. What do you got for us? I have a band called Pixies. Oh, word. The Pixies. And Jake, <laughs> it is not the Pixies. It's Pixies. Oh, my bad. Okay. I'm definitely not going to fuck that up 45 times. I don't think any other band has, has this. Like, is there another band? That's, yes. What? Buggles. Are they Buggles? Yep. They are not I thought the, they were nope. the Buggles. They are Buggles, not the Buggles. And it's funny because I talked about on the first ever episode that we deleted from the internet because it's terrible. Uh, I mentioned uh, for our listening of the week, uh, I did Buggles and I said the Buggles and I was deeply ashamed for the rest wow, of my life. I had life. no idea. Yeah. Well, hey, next time, uh, tune into our next episode, Buggles and some 41. Deep dive. Uh, uh, oh my God. How deep do you go with some 41? Where is the... At least down to some 42. I don't oh, know. Okay. Pixies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pixies, actually, one of my favorite bands of all time. Extremely influential to me as a music listener and professional podcast music. Uh, I'm going to play mostly shit from their first couple albums. They do have a new album coming out soon, apparently. Not going to listen to it. <laughs> They fired Kim Deal, or she left, like, mm, four albums in, and... So, like, in the early 90s, or, like, what? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I don't know. To me, she is just a very integral part of the sound, and it's kind of a thing. I don't know. You, there's, like, these bands or artists where, like, you need that editor. You know the what I mean? The voice of reason? Something like, like, just reining it in a little, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Frank Black, the main lead singer and everything of the Pixies... I think is like amazing. Great. There is a pretty big decline when she leaves the band and it's a lot of him. He's a weirdo, <laughs> but you need some grounding with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to have some control. Uh, so anyway, I'm only playing the early stuff because that's the good shit anyway. Yeah. Um, but I do also want to talk about their huge influence on sort of creating the alternative rock sound, sort of certain tropes that became kind of standard 
through the 90s. Because and of 2000s, the Pixies. Among other bands. But yeah, Pixies were one of the bigger ones for sure. Um, and also just how fucking weird they are. And it's odd that they are like so famous because they're bizarre for a rock band. There were, I feel like there were a couple of those. There were. Yeah, like I get the Smiths weren't quite as weird. No, I would say they wouldn't be like a Mr. Bungle without pixie oh okay like that i can feel that you know what i mean like they definitely paved yeah i mean there's rock bands have been doing kind of weird but they are they're they're their sound is bizarre but also straightforward okay we're starting with their first song off their first album surfer rosa this is bone machine word if they just like asked themselves the questions like what would happen if the snare was on one and three <laughs> <laughs> so yeah there's a couple things i wanted to talk about this and this is prevalent through this whole album um as far as like sort of the tropes that became a standard 90s 2000s rock kind of thing but on the next album you hear it a lot more but kind of that bigger drum sound it, like that, oh, yeah. that kind of like not the, not the 80s big it's like a different no the toms are huge yeah They're very reverberant but not like in a fake exactly giant artificial yeah, stadium exactly way. exactly um that prominent and then the bass kind of those eighth notes mm-hmm. driving kind of thing um the weird sort of like trebly guitar lead kind yeah, of like yeah. it's not really like a it's not like a van halen lead it's it's different. It's sharper. Yeah, yeah, it's different than... It's more It's more like, you know, double stop, like, kind of thing. It's not really, like, a melody. It's, like, a part yeah. kind of thing. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, these things, I think, became, like, really prominent in, like, grunge and stuff, where it was... You still had the cool guitar parts, but it wasn't the same as parametal guitar parts uh-huh. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, there's just the weird-ass vocals happening that, like... I don't know what's happening going like, um, it's cool, man. but it's this thing that they capture so well, which is like sort of that purposeful sloppiness. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like they, I think that was rehearsed really well to give off that, like how off they are from each other, like a little bit. It did like, seem that way, especially with that. Uh, with, uh, what's the recurring line he says twice that I forgot already. Uh, when you, you're prettier when you stay oh, faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he says it in the same rhythmic spot twice. Right. And that definitely gives off a vibe that it's definitely intentional. I think so. His his delivery is super unique. Yes, um, very cool. It's I guess it's because you're playing that stupid symphony gig, but it, like it feels Dylan esque in a way. 
like influenced by I guess maybe more Lou Reed, but Lou Reed yeah, was Lou, Lou Reed. Reed was very influenced by Dylan, so I there's that kind of thing. Like yeah. Tom Waits in there maybe too. Oh yeah. Oh, um, oh, I love Tom Waits. Uh, yeah. but like I don't think you really had th- that in this style before, like just so like so outside of like hey, I'm singing a song. It's like no, you're spitting bullshit. I don't really like it's very <laughs> strange shit. Um yeah. Uh, but I wanted to go on to uh, a big part that I love about them is Kim Deal's influence, the bass player slash singer. I mean, even at the end of that clip, uh, yes. that little harmony line at the top was very nice. It's very grounding. I think yeah, that, very like, like, credential. Yeah, yes, very cool. it is. And I think like it's her parts and also her influence is kind of a very big balancing factor. Um, I like it, too, when she like kind of pops up a little more, um, which we'll listen to in a second here. Uh the other thing I wanted to say was I forget. So hey, yeah. moving on. Yeah. Yeah. We are real professionals here. Music sucks, and I want to die. Song, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, this is from the same album. This is River Euphrates. Okay. Uh, love it. Yeah. Uh, I really like, so it's an F sharp, yeah. Uh, I like it when the guitar up top like gets to the D sharp, mm-hmm. that, that, that six. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. very strange. It is. There's, it, it, I guess this is one of those bands where it's like they're not, like all the parts are not unheard of. No. But it's like this weird collection and this weird cohesion that happens yeah. with it. And they... The production of this album is like kind of crap, but <laughs> yeah. it works in that sense too. Though, like, I think it, like, I think this is what people refer to when they think of like garage rock sound. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's actually good. Well, and this is yeah. also like the very beginning of like indie music yeah, as well. Yeah. And you can really hear that. Absolutely. Um, the thing I was going to say on the last song, I remembered. Oh, um, also, another trope is the girl bass player who sings, which was like every fucking '90s band after this. Really? Yes. Which doesn't really have anything to do with the music, but it was a big. It it's a thing. thing. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Um, I. They also, I think. Um, again, again, these are all things that have happened before, but sort of this balance between the sweet poppiness of, like, say, the beginning with the la di la di la di da. And then, like, the weird... Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that became a big thing in grunge as well and things like that. Um, and it has happened before, but just... 
it, I just feel this very like push pull in this song, like their music in general, where it's, it's still a cohesive song, but I think they're one of the, like, there's a few bands like, I like this, but like they really are like each member has a very prominent part in this. Sure. Like a lot of rock bands, it's just like, eh, you know, cool riff, big drums, vocals, <laughs> or whatever. And like, no, there's, I don't know, there's just so many like moving pieces. Like, there's more interplay. Yeah, and they go in and out and they don't always make sense, but it still kind of works out to be a good song at the end. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I definitely can feel what you're talking about. I'm having a hard time expressing it into better yeah, words than I we am are, as well. than we are currently might, doing. Yeah, yeah. Weird, weird, weird. Uh, uh, that's why we listen I to mean, music and we don't speak in front of Not people. a lot needs to be said about Pixies. They're obviously one of the most influential bands yeah, of all they're time. Ta- they're talked so, about constantly um, by people more eloquent than us. Yeah, exactly. Um, but let's jump ahead to their next album. Right oh, before yep, you do yep, that, yep, yep. Uh, I did want to point out just like a couple brief things I heard in there. So when guitar lines land like they do, like in the song where they're off kilter, bizarre, but they have... I guess this kind of shape to them that really works. You land at a good spot. You have, a, you know, attention to where you're going and where you're coming from. It always brings me back, and obviously this is 10 years before, uh, but it always reminds me of, like, the lead lines of the Dead Kennedys. I mean, obviously, punk was a huge influence on this band, yeah. for sure. And it, Dead all, Kennedys was not 10 years before. No, they were actually it's pretty, pretty, pretty close. Fairly, yeah, they were. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. Anyway, they... It's odd, well, especially as we'll hear next too, I think. Um, but they kind of they smoothed out that like Dead Kennedys kind of punk thing yeah. in a way, but not in a way that was lame. I don't, yeah. it's, it's hard to describe because it, it's it's more approachable, but it still has kind of. It, it but, ha- it's like almost the same amount of edge, though. It is. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like I don't know another band that really sounded that bizarre, but still like made it listenable in that sense, like. There's a lot going on, but it's also on the surface. Like, well, I think this is the biggest Kurt Cobain influence too. Is like Kurt Cobain was writing like pop songs. He, he loved the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's writing that shit. But then it was like the whole grungy, edgy, fuzzy guitars, bass and drum kind of thing. And it's he obviously like smoothed that out even more. But I think this was a very big part of that of just sort of like surface level. It sounds fine, but then it's like, wait, what's happening? What? Yeah, there's like a uh, you know, I don't know. And uh, one more thing I wanted to say, which probably makes no sense, but for some reason when I was listening to this uh, clip you just played, I could not get Weezer out of my head. I mean, again, they were alt influenced. Yeah. Oh, 2000s yeah. alt. Yeah, 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 yep. I just like the tone of the guitar, um, kind of the, not clumsiness, but uh, the the non-centeredness of the vocal part. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's like the indie sound yeah. that ended up becoming super like corporate uh, and watered yeah. down, and, got yeah. and sub pop is in the airport now, and all that, <laughs> like uh, you know, like. But <laughs> once upon a time, it was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. This is yeah. That this is, this is working out for me. So, um, so we're gonna move on to the next album, Do Little, and this is when they got more famous and got a professional studio and producer. <laughs> nice. It's so much cleaner. Um, but Thank I think God. here's where you start really hearing like how much it influenced other bands afterwards Uh, specifically the whole nirvana thing and other grunge bands as well where they have the uh there's like a term like that they use for this but the quiet verse loud chorus kind of thing dynamics (laughs) i mean yeah but there was like such a trope with grunge where 
everyone's just like, oh, you know, it's like melodic, clean verse, and then heavy guitar chorus kind of thing that happened. Okay. That was like huge with grunge. Oh, I get what you're saying. Started yeah. here. Uh, okay. So this is Tame off of Doolittle, which I think. And this is exciting for me because I've only listened to the first album in my life. Oh, of, hey. Of Pixies. No yeah. articles here. <laughs> you should listen to this. I'm not actually playing my favorite songs of this album, but like. But you're playing the most representative? Yeah. yeah okay. But like, oh my God, there's some songs. Is fire? Oh my God. I love it. Right. Okay. Anyway. Sick. Tame. Watching your face during that just like made me laugh. I fucking love this song. You're like mirror, you know, like uh, in uh, Peter Pan when like uh, the gator, the, the croc, yeah, with, with the croc, with, like when the ticking happens, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like you know how it's like, oh. you know how his mustache goes. That's me listening to the pixies. That was uh, to the I said the pixies. God damn it! Oh, I did shit. it! I did it! <laughs> Get fucked. Um, I would just like to say, the pixies walked so Limp Biscuit could run. <laughs> But no. Uh, oh, Christ so, almighty. Again, it's a very weird song. His lyrics are nonsensical and kind of creepy and as, as his, like, breathy delivery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love it. Um, so, obviously, again, like, Nirvana smoothed that kind of shit out, you know, where it's like, load up on guns and right. here yeah. we are You know, <laughs> like, took in that, take that form, which, again, it's not, like, anything special, but it really became the sound of rock music for yeah. 20 years after that. Sure. Um, awesome! It's just fucking cool, and it's then I break cool. down with a uh-huh, 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 and uh-huh. he's uh-huh. like on top. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I took a few notes during that. Uh, things I really liked about it: uh, the second verse, the drum part, uh, when it goes <laughs> to, yeah, but just for the but just for the D minor, and then when you get to the C and F, we're back to eight, right? Instead of 16. And then, but the last time when we're about to build another chorus, it keeps the 16s going uh, and then opens the hi-hat up uh, into the chorus, right? When yes. it drops that. Yeah. Still, and this is another one of my notes, it, when it drops into the super pinched tone still for the guitar part. It is. Yeah, it really is. And I I like it a lot. It's, um, 
I don't often like care for two guitar bands as mm-hmm. much. That probably makes sense for someone who wants all the glory for yeah, himself. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just think it's like sometimes hard to pull off. I because th- uh, uh, Joey Santiago is the lead guy, and then uh, Frank Black sings and plays like rhythm. I think they do a really good job balancing each other out. Like sure, like. I mean, it seems like they figured it out a sound yeah, that works yeah, for them. Yeah, like the tones are so drastically different and complementary. It's really cool, which again, I think it was another big influence on. <laughs> and there was one more thing. Uh, you mentioned earlier that got, the band got significantly worse when Kim was not there. And there's, she, even when she was there for like the four bars of this song, like it just it, brought this new element into it, does, it that yeah. kind of brought it all to a head and made it, exactly, made it come together. Yeah. I mean, like, and not to diss her as a bass player, but the bass parts are like anyone can play those fucking yeah, bass parts. I, I'm pretty so, sure I could. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, she wrote them, it's creativity and all that. But yeah. like, yeah, but like, no, her presence makes it different because in the new band, they have another girl bass player. Who is good? I forget her name. Right, but like it's it's not the same. It's really not. She just I don't has like a things very that are different. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I do feel like that. But she had a particular energy that I think again countered his I th- kind of a, insanity yeah. a lot. Because um, yeah, even like during the ahahas uh, of this breakdown, like she was singing notes. Yes, and. <laughs> Well, it's also like the first one, the bone machine, like that break at the end, like your bones got. He's like, yeah, bones. Yeah, and, right. and she's like, and she's more crystalline, mm-hmm. uh, clear, pure. Yes, exactly. Yeah. it's a nice counter. It's a nice balance. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice counterbalance. <laughs> also, I forgot to comment your face though when it started. The production quality. Oh, bro. <laughs> what happened, man? This is one album to the next. Yeah, <laughs> was it like two years? Yeah. Basically, damn. Um, I do like the lo fineness of the first one, but like, you this still th- has it in a way, it does, it yeah. does. But I think it, it, the separation is better. So, like, it's or I don't maybe if the producer has more influence too, I'm not sure as far as like the parts go, but like, I think it their weirdness kind of shines a lot better here, sure. In a way. I mean, well, I mean, just think about it, there's just less chaos in the yes, mid frequencies, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. Everything has its own place in the stereo image. It it's makes not, a big difference. It's not a fucking nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's actually not that bad in the first one. I, it no, has its no, own charm. It, it sounds like a lo-fi 80s album, but... Um, With its cool little twists, yeah. yeah. But like, I'm glad that they were able to retain the quirks and the weirdness while having a crisper sound, which yeah. is hard to do. It's I've cool. heard that plenty of time when like bands get more successful and then it's like, oh, this is lame now, yeah. you know, but they did good, they did. That's yeah, uh, really cool. I'm just going to play one more, and this was just because I fucking love this song and I had to play it. Um, But it was, this, to me, is the perfect example of the balance and the dynamics between the two singers. Okay. And just how fucking weird they are, and it's crazy that they were so influential. But here we are. Bring it. This is I Bleed.
I didn't mean to play the whole song, but I've I mean, there's nothing out. we can do about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like two twelve, right? Something like that. Yeah, pretty it's much. Fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot, I have a lot of things to say about it that are awesome. Uh, I'll, I'll just my initial yeah. like, just sort of like, okay, so again, that trope of like sort of the bass and the drum starting, great fuzzy bass tone too, mm-hmm. by the way. So simple, just one five, one four, basically, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, the bass line part. Um, yeah, but then the vocals, uh, obviously, happen, and they sure did. <laughs> they sure happened. So go ahead. <laughs> well, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about. Is like. <sighs> Bands like this and, you know, a lot of the kind of main players in the industry throughout the 70s, 80s, 90s, 70s and 80s, I guess more so, really were filled with, like, very strong personalities. Yes. And it kind of gets me wondering, it's like, as someone who signs a band or, like, even, like, as part of the band, like, how do you write shit? Like this, how do you come up with the idea to have someone delivering vocals in like plain speak uh, with yeah. slurring, and then have a nobody? Cr- <laughs> Is that a reference, by the way? I don't nobody know. Nobody knows. Oh, it might be. I it think it literally well might, might be. be. Anyway, yeah. um, fucking. Uh, but like, how, how do you have the idea and the conviction to have be, have some guy like drunkenly slur the words on the bottom and have Kim sing the lyrics on yeah, top. Yeah, just so straight, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And how do you come up with the sound, and how do you sign that, and how do you present that to the public? I mean, we've talked about, we talked about that when we talked about, like, Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Like, on an episode that's like, how they were Warner- just signing yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Why did Warner Brothers sign Mr. Bungle? <laughs> like, I don't know, but I'm glad they did. Same. Um, but seriously, like, how do you well, do Well, and there's, I mean, that's the weird thing about them, because it's like, again, that that's fucking weird, but there's still that just very, like, catchy... It's there. Poppiness it's there. to it, yeah. you know? And it's like, you could hear that on the radios and on the radio in the 90s. Like, and it not turn it off. That, it wouldn't be that out of place, really. Yeah. I mean, like, as far as just like the sound and the instrumentation goes and like the riffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's like details of like, like how on the second uh, chorus, I guess, the guitar player plays like the same thing, but like in a weird harmonization yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Very uh, cool. Favorite part is how that hey that fucking like bridge breakdown is just Bruh. so nonsensical to the rest of it. Like, yeah, like I don't know what it, the music theory is happening there. I never like learned yeah. it, but it's like I forgot to write down the progression. That's fine. It's yeah. but it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Um, but it's, I but it's the, like yeah, it's like A D E minor F minor or something. Very bizarre. Yeah. Um, but the flip of then Frank Black doing the very straight talk and Kim doing the yeah. after that and then coming back to I bleed and she's I bleed and yeah in her lowest yeah. like it's, it's so cool. so interesting it's so like thought out and, and I'm wondering like what their motivation was for doing that like was it a, like was it a pure like uh, like calculated thing where it's like well at the beginning we could, we could do this thing where we swap gradually throughout the song or was it like some sort of metaphorical thing I'm, or you know it's probably more just that cool idea and I think that's a thing that happens like I mean that's why generally when a there's like a band with personalities their early shit is a lot better because it's like you can tell they're friends and they hang out and they're just uh, fucking sure. and they're just like hey let's this will be fun and it's like they're talented enough that it hey it actually worked out and it sounds good and maybe the you know the producer kind of edited who knows but like then they kind of get older or whatnot more and they're just like well I'll just fucking do it like the next two albums which i'm not gonna play any of them but with the self kim deal it's like i like those albums but they don't quite have that little spark of creativity in them they're still like cool weird shit but it's 
nothing like that okay. happens. Just misses the, missing the ultimate top yeah, level. Yeah, there's good songs, but like, no, it just doesn't capture this that early starting out band kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think there's something to the idea that like this extra little spark comes from something like the specific artist, like like lived experiences or something like that, like. Uh, you know, people with, as just an example, like someone with like a fucked up childhood comes in and starts this rock ass band and like has this unique perspective, like things like that. Do you think that extra little spark can be caused by things like that? Or I mean, I'm, I mean, the whole tortured artist thing. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. Thing, I'm basically, I'm asking how relevant that is. To well, a lot of to things. me, like these, this particular like, vibe, I would say, and this is something I've, I, I've experienced in bands before in my past when I'm like really close to them. It is sort of like a. Again, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's sort of like a, someone does something and they're like, oh, dude, that's cool. And then you just kind of like run build, with it. Yep. And you, I mean, we've done that too before. Yeah. We're like, that's a joke, but then it kind of becomes a thing. And, and it's like, right, great. This could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember once I was in this band, we played like a St. Paddy's Day gig. No, oh, no. And uh, we had this really Here good idea go. to do a um, sort of Irish. like faux Irish song. And we uh, started it with Time to Inebriate Yourself. And we started like chugging beers. And it was like mm. pretty good. But then we had an idea to do it again the second time in the set. And it didn't work. Yeah. Everyone hated it. Yeah. And it was very awkward. Yeah. This is a great So story. one time that happened. Um, yeah. but <laughs> also, if you recall, we started out doing that as time to eviscerate yourself. I do remember that as yeah. well. <laughs> that was a great ditty. I came up with that. That was a good yeah. ditty. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's that kind of shit, though. I mean, that was obviously more of a joke. Yeah. But like, yeah, that kind of idea. Building, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's also like when we did that Naruto song at Prague Fest. That was badass. Dude. It was bad. That's like, that, it's that kind of shit where it's like, sometimes that works out really also, well. Also, I'm pretty sure we just revealed our power level nope, to the entire no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. What's up? There's Naruto ah. right there. Hanging out with Sparks the Dragonfly from Spire of the Dragon. Good shit. Um, anyway, that's all I was going to play for Pixies. Um, I do want to share my one Frank Black story, though. Bring it. So Frank Black... Uh, at the last, like, I don't know, 15 years ago, moved to Eugene, Oregon, where I currently reside. I don't know why. Me His neither. solo albums are recorded there, though, like, at the studio, like, close to me. It's kind of weird. Nice. Um, but one night, I was back when I still lived here, but the band I was in, we went on a tour, and we went to Eugene, we played at a show, and the opening band invited us to, like, this after party at a, it's a really cool thing. It's called a barcade. I don't know if you've ever heard of one uh, of those. I, I love barcades, yeah, dude. You, can, you can make fun of me fun. all you they're want. Fun. They're fun. They're fun. Um, but anyway, so we go to this barcade, and we're just kind of like, you know, we're on tour. We're like partying. It's fun, blah, 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 or whatever. Um, but we get there close to close, start closing up. They're like, last call. And then they start playing Pixie songs, like Where's My Mind and shit like that. Um, I was like, oh, this is cool. They're playing Pixies. But they like played a bunch in a row because before they were just, you know, doing DJ shit or whatever. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. And then I go outside waiting for everyone, and I see this guy who, Frank Black, I don't know if you know what he looks like. Nope. Fat and bald. Word. Yeah. Um, I'm like, uh, and, he got, and I'm like, that kind of looks like Frank Black. And I was like, yeah, he lives here. I was like, yeah, that is Frank Black. And they're still playing Pixie songs. And he's just standing outside by himself. And then he looks at me, and he kind of goes, no. Gives me like the head nod and the little He knows. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's Frank Black. <laughs> Were you deer in headlights kind of? Yeah, I was drunk. I was just like, Ugh. and then he just like disappears into the night. Oh, <laughs> mysterious. It was, wow. it was, it was, uh, so that's my Frank Black story. That's uh, pretty cool. But in any case. Celebrity sighting Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> what a fucking that's world. That's the only one we have. <laughs> and he's barely a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. At least up here, we have, you have cool bands like the Fleet Foxes. Are they local? Yeah. 
Are they? I, I remember once uh, Joe, like on our way to Rex rehearsal, I think, he went to a Joe bar. <laughs> and I guess he's, oh, like, he's yeah. like, the drummer from the Fleet Foxes was in there. And I was like, how do you fucking know who the drummer is? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> does, he, does he play like just they like have eighth a drummer? With, I don't know. They play eighth notes with brushes? Like, what do you mean? Anyway, we're done being dicks. All right, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to share with us? My first group of tonight is some prog ass shit from the 70s. So this has been Music Sucks and I Want to Die. My name is Jake. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sharing with you Gentle Giant. So I briefly uh, mentioned them as a listening of the week. Thanks for reminding me. Um, probably a million years ago at this point. But uh, they are a very bizarre prog band from the 70s. That's putting they it mildly. Occup- yeah. I'm. I don't I want to get too much into it before we just check out their first stuff. They have like this weird duality to their sound. Oh, kind of like the no. Uh, no. So, they have like a weird duality to the sound that's very uh half like, you know, pretty main kind of prog rock, you know, some weird time signatures here and there, but you still got the groove, you got the stuff, and then like this fucked up modern like uh, not quite avant-garde, like it was hypertonal classical influence, kind of like I would Put it toward like a Wagner or something like that. Interesting. You're, yeah. You're very late tonality, hyperchromatic. Kind of on that edge. Like, exactly. Yeah, Getting yeah. towards the Bartox. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Like this weird influence, uh, which I'll get into why. But I guess I'll just play this first song, which is closer to our uh, more badass. And we're going to play a couple different sections from it. This is a proclamation off the power and the glory. We are in at this time Neither a good one Nor is it someone blessed It can change It can stay the same I can see I can make my claim So, Jake, um, what up? Do you think there's a reason they're like the least popular of the prog bands of the 70s? <laughs> oh, trust me, we're gonna get into it. But we're gonna before we start getting into all the all the stuff that is Gentle Giant, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, we're gonna just pop right into the outro or the kind of the later part of the song where it gets really fucking loud and then does a reprise of this intro section and it's the coolest thing ever. So, fire it up. Yeah. 
Yes, there is. Let's start with the good uh, that I think is like honestly like pretty amazing and cool. Uh, first of all, the, the soundscape is pretty unique, just on a sonic level. I was gonna say too. I really like that like seventies like experimental production. Sure, because they didn't yeah. have that much back then. So it's like all I can really do is like pan and echo and reverb and shit. Right. But I do like how extra they go with it. Like you don't really hear people doing that kind of shit as much anymore. No, they have like yeah. a million. It's other all. Things. I mean, there's. Like, it's basically yeah. a science now. Yeah, but even like the uh, the uh, uh, sorry the intro the part, tra- first part like the the, or, tra- the organ or whatever the roads the tra- roads yeah, yeah. kind of like tremolo back and forth yeah, between the, ears, like, yeah. it's it's. It's cool. It's, it's, it's cool. cool. It I creates like a very it. strange yeah. effect in my head. Yeah, and his uh, the the delay on the vocals in the first part are, are just so. It's like so like yeah yeah yeah. yeah it's very strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a slapback gone wrong. Yeah, it's like <laughs> slapback should be one repeat, but they had like five. Yeah, it's like it. it's very yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about like, guess the, just the structure of the song and how you build it. Right. Uh, you got this. You basically have two main ideas. Right. You have your main riff. Right. You go through the sections of it. Basically, uh, go through all that shit. And what happens, what doesn't happen in the song is a couple of things uh, that is related to the riff. And then we get to this big, giant climax section, which we heard the tail end of. It's like another minute before that, too. Uh, And then you use a very cool uh, metric modulation device, right? Day by day, da-da-da. Day by day by day by day by That's why we like Prague. Get a nerd out on that shit. But actually, but it's really smooth. It's well done. It's natural. It doesn't feel like a lot of Prague shit does sometimes. Very forced. I would blame some later, some like mid Genesis shit to be very forced. Well, I, I, good point. Like, I think a lot of like prog metal, like uh, fucking Dream Theater and that kind oh, of shit. God. Like, I feel Deer like Hunter or whatever. Yeah, it's like I. I mean, I appreciate that they do weird shit, but I think they take. It's like yeah, they don't try to make it feel natural. They like want you to know they're doing weird yes. type signatures, and it's like eh. it, it, it feels very forced. Yeah, yeah. I, God, I couldn't thank yeah. you for bringing that up. I could. Deer Hunter is like one of my least favorite bands of all time. I know. And, and I don't know how much Dream Theater. I know Jordan Rudis is good, I guess. But I like, mean, they're all fucking amazing musicians, yeah. but like, it is very much like, we're in seven. Now it's 17. That's it's right. Like, yeah. well, here's the fucking, uh, like, it's, but like that. But it doesn't have too much That substance. was very musical. I yes. Mean, well, and I guess that's the big chamber influence. Yes. And, and I'll get yeah. into that too. But, uh, and then they bring back the reprise of the main theme at a faster tempo with what is like possibly one of my favorite drum fills ever. Uh, and I had a piece that I'm still working on. It's been like a year and a half. Kill me. Um, and I had the drummer do something that was very similar to this field. Basically the idea is you do just straight 16th, uh, you know, dig a, dig a, dig a, dig a, dig a, dig a, that's, uh, that you can use the anticipation of the closing of a hi-hat to like make you feel just a little on edge and then you crash hard as fuck into the downbeat. Mm-hmm. If you remember what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, um, it's really cool. And then you just, it's go time after that. Right. And then that, new material fill uh 
at the end where it's like, whereas at the beginning it was a different yeah. situation. They used a, instead of being like a more badass kind of feel like the ending feel is, it's like more tonal voice leading kind of situation because it's in D minor. Basically, uh, it does like some weird a og, but like it's all it's all moving very fast. Uh, it's all very voice like sure, yeah. uh, horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and. But they end up doing like some uh, A flat over E flat inversion, and then you get to D minor. But at the end, it's just like it's like you know your G thirteen licks, and you end on the nine of D minor, and it's like just a triplet and that keeps that momentum going more in the direction that they want for the ending. And it's details like that that oh, I think make this band it, re- really special. It's uh, listening to that. Like I obviously I'm not saying they rip these bands off because they are all contemporaries but like i hear a lot of like other prog bands in them sure but like taking their idea of like way further like i think like the lyrics and the singing has a little bit of like like john anderson yes kind of mystical high pitch Mm -hmm. kind of but like way weirder way more that like the guitar player reminds me of steve hackett from genesis Mm -hmm. and his parts and like yeah to an extent for sure yeah i mean again they're all contemporaries they're all doing this at the same time yeah but it's just they they take every like it just everything is really pushed farther than a lot of those other bands went yeah you know and that's the thing about this album and i think the other album i'm gonna get into i'm also only really talking about two albums uh and like they managed to do all this and they push Farther than any other prog band that I know of. Maybe, like, Soft Machine. I don't even know if you call mm-hmm. them a prog band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, like, compared to someone like Rush. Like, at heart, Rush is, like, a rock band. Yes. That does weird shit. This is, like, prog. This is, There's nothing else. This is prog. This, th- this like, is Gentle Giant. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it. So, I think that's one reason I like them, is they go farther than anyone else. Their ideas, while being very out there and whatevs, is, are very logical. They make a lot of sense when they make sense. <clears throat> We'll get there, but uh, it is hard to make that work. <laughs> like, consistently, like if you yeah. take every like particular instrument and vote, like it's so that's cool. a, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle, and they put it together and pretty uh, well. Yes, and I want to play this song, and I want to talk about why. What's also a little more unique about their sound as opposed to like you know everyone else, pink, your pink early Pink Floyd's, sure, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Fire Up, So Sincere, off the same album. Lies, he only tells the truth, or he means it. Means, not anything he says, lies unseen, but everything I don't think any other band had so much counterpoint. Exactly. That's like, exactly uh, okay. where I'm going with it. Yeah. So, like, it's insane. The, like, <laughs> man, if only uh, the Martin Luther were alive, he'd be so proud. No. 
<laughs> I forget. Was he the guy who did like polyphony and shit? No, he's so he did the Lutheran stuff. Yeah, that's the... he probably still hated polyphony then. I can't remember. Good reference. Yeah, thanks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> no. So what I what I'm trying to get with this is their parts between the instruments are very disconnected from each other. They're very much in their own segment or their own own realm, and they're v- much more horizontal than most other bands would ever write. And part of that is these sounds are not as hard hitting as your. Uh, Distorted guitars. That is very true. Your giant bass yeah. drums. I didn't think about that, but that does make a big difference. Yeah, you, I, you can't really get away with stuff like this. Could you so, imagine like a metal kind of guitar? Like, it would and not. that's a, that's the thing. It's like you know we've talked about this briefly before in that uh, how metal is a genre that has a lot of stuff I like and theory I should like it, but like they limit themselves by the the tones they get. Oftentimes, well, it has to be heavy, dude. Yeah, exactly. But uh, back to this band, like. What can you think of besides like the late tonalities? Even before, no, it's not. I mean, to me too. Like, especially on that last, like the drums have a part. Yes, and exactly. it's like, and you like, I I like bands where the drummers have parts, but that's usually more just sort of like a tom rhythm or something. Like right. this is a part. Uh-huh. Like, thoroughly I, I cannot think of another popular band that has anything close to how no. extreme again yeah they go very far with everything they yes. do i do hear a little influence on you too in um those pieces you wrote that we did which one's the narrating ones yeah yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, I can feel I, that, yeah. yeah yeah which are available to listen to on my youtube channel all right jake seely jake seely at youtube.com that that's not that that's url not but that works okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're right they're I, get, I didn't think about that, but there's a lot of disconnect in that. It for does sure. remind yeah. me of like parts it, of that you wrote. Yeah, and part of that's also the instrumentation, which yeah, is a yes, rock band exactly. plus classical instrument. Exactly, yeah. And there's a violin in that piece. It's but electric. I, but, but yeah, but your, uh, your drum parts were very oh, sure. part-based like that. Yep. Kind of does definitely reminds me of that a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank, well, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. But no, so they are so strange. Uh, I really like the way they write. And the harmony on this piece as well, uh, so sincere. I call it a piece even. I mean, it... It, I don't think there's a worse name for it. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's hard to describe the harmony. Like, I would have to sit down, because it's not a chord progression, right? No. It's, it's not, you know, A, E, G, D, right? It's fucking quick moving. It lines up in strange places. They really, I mean, at a certain point, we'll I'll backtrack these statements as we listen to some later uh-huh. selections. Uh, but I really, like, we were just saying on the last thing, it's like, as if prog is a genre, this is like what prog like represents. It, it really is yeah. just like the ideals of prog. Yes, there's no In one band. There's like I mean, maybe, no compromise. I would say like early King Crimson kind of comes close to Ooh, that as well. Yeah. But like, like you're saying, like Rush is like a rock band, and Yes as well. I feel like kind of they 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 could push. But. Yeah, yeah, they push. But Pink Floyd, for instance, like is another one where it's like okay, it's rock. It's like smart rock or something like that. Smart rock. Yeah, you know, I mean, but like this is. No, this is so removed from that world. There's no like, there's no like blues in this, really. You know what I mean? It's yes, I know what you mean. There yeah. was one blues spot. There is, but like on not, the other piece. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I yes I do. Uh, but like, it's not like blues. Obviously, was such a huge influence on guitar Ev- music. Let's just say guitar yeah. music, modern guitar music, whatever. Yeah. Like everything that it entails. Yeah. And like, man, they really did not incorporate that nope. and it's very cool and very unique and, Fair, yeah. yeah strange mm-hmm. uh we're gonna finish off 
the good section of Gentle Giant with this piece. Uh, this one... Ah, how do I describe this one? It's contrapuntal in nature as well. It has several different sections. Uh, but it also rocks. It's it's kind of both. It, it goes through both. Here we and go. And we're going to have to play this one a little bit, I think. That's fine with me. All right, fire it. Knots. Knots, yes. Knots. Knots Berry Farm. Let's go. Shut up. All in all, each man in all men and all men in each man. He can, can see, she see, can, she can see, she, she can see, what ever, what ever. You may know what I don't know, but I don't know it, but I can tell you, so you will. This is where we start borderlining on cringe, <laughs> but it's so well done yeah, that I it's can't hard say to hate. it's cringe. Like, and also like, it has to be thought out that build up, like until it starts getting into the groove. Like uh, at the end, the six eight thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like especially with that little like thing in the middle yeah. where it almost like oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like it just like the, you mean the big crashes yeah, at that one section? And then then, it could, oh, yeah, bam, like bam, bam, bam. that's just so perfect yes like and like the mm -hmm. contrast between instrumentation obviously too mm -hmm. uh you have your big heavy instruments for those crashes and then you're back to very sax yeah. played very lightly yeah. <laughs> uh and then like your auxiliary you're not auxiliary percussion your chromatic percussion instruments uh with piano playing very strange part minor seconds and then strange sections with with the same contrapuntal vocal stuff over it which the the vocals are fucking insane. Oh yeah, dude, like they're whack. How do you write that? Like I don't that's know. Just it's like, almost like a Gisualdo Madrigal. I don't know if you ever listen to any uh, Carlo Gisualdo. Uh. Carlo Gisualdo was a 16th century composer, mm. 1500s, right? Who was writing this essentially, mm. and like is super crazy. Do you know much about the band members? Like, I do. I was gonna. I'll okay, get into okay, them. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, 
Fuck, where was it? <laughs> no, we're yeah. So it's like very strange vocal parts, and introducing those vocal parts uh, when they're not by themselves, but with this uh, instrumentation underneath it as well, and then using that as your springboard into the. It was really fucking like even that rock ass section with the six eight thing rock right. It, it, that's the most rock in Yeah, I mean, it's groovy. You know, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And uh, even that section has big, like, separate vocal lines. Like, uh, you have the... Over the... I do also really like the contrast, because it's like, we just had so much crazy vocal part. Disjointed, shit. yeah. And then that comes in, and it's just so, like, harmony. And, yeah, and you it's, know, a wa- like, it's a nice wash. Yeah, yeah, it's like very... It's a great contrast mm-hmm. on that. And then... Actually, the ending of that section is fucking sick. I almost want to play it, but... No. What, happen- <laughs> what happens is uh, it goes to this big fucking... Vi- or, uh, vibraphone. Xylophone solo, which might just be the keyboard player, too. Oh, uh, no, they have it. Actually, they have the mallet like player live. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, all the, in- the dudes are multi-instrumentalists, and they're all amazing. Um... But at the end of that violence or <laughs> violin xylophone solo, I mean they're pretty similar. Yeah, they're very similar. <laughs> uh, at the end of that solo with the piano accompaniment, it's like this for like thirty seconds, and then the vi- <sighs> nope. Please kill me. The Pixies, Jake. <laughs> the Pixies. Uh, the the xylophone it ends up with this really short cadence, and then everything hits. Where they reprise that shit. That's and cool. Then that's cool. The vocals do like the shit, just like little teases of it. And then they get back to the raw. It's the whole piece is very well considered. And that's why I'm not sure they're a rock band at all. They're not. Yeah. I don't. I mean, well, what's I, progressive without the rock? They have guitar. Oh, true. I think that, I honestly think that's the only like if there was no guitar. This would be like art music or like contemporary classical. Who or the something. fuck knows? Yeah. Contemporary yeah. classical. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. So I'm going to use this uh, opportunity to kind of give some background about the band. Yeah. Very short. I'm curious. I don't know anything about these guys. Yeah, so I didn't until I looked it up. I, I knew a little bit of it. So basically, the core of the band at the beginning were the three brothers, Phil, Derek, and Ray Shulman. Uh, they actually were a soul pop band beforehand. No yeah, they were. I actually have heard this band before. Uh I, oh, sorry, I've heard of them. I hadn't heard them, but they had a top 10 UK single. Oh, yeah? called, uh, so their band was Simon Dupree and the Big Sound. Like, have you heard that name? Mm. I think I've heard it. And they had a top 10 hit. It was called Kites. But that does explain it, a lot of the vocal shit. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. the, like, they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. So basically, the this, this story is, you know, these brothers are fed up with the pop music scene. But they're trying time to branch out, do some shit. They met up with the keyboard player named Kenny Manier, who was a recent graduate of RCM. Hmm. which is probably where a lot of this influence comes yep, in. Yeah, that would make a lot stuff. of sense, yes. Yeah. And uh, they met up with the drummer and auxiliary percussionist, uh, you know, various instruments, percussion. He's really cool. Uh, and they started playing fucking prog shows. Uh, they released Octopus, which is where the last track we heard was off of in, like, 72, I think. Hmm. And before the release of that album, they had a really... G- a really hard tour, uh, like grueling dates and all that stuff. And every show they were booed off stage <laughs> because they were touring with Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath and uh, had his opener band of Gentle Giant for every show for three months. One of the band members was quoted as saying, This is the most embarrassing double bill. 
that has ever been booked, and I can't believe. I mean, that sounds like a fucking great show. Yes, but uh, yeah, I could see people being a little upset. No, they were booed off stage every show. That reminds me, my dad told me this concert he went to in the seventies. I forget something like Scorpions or something. It was like Ugh. some. I don't, it wasn't them, but it was like I hate it was some like hard rock metally band or whatever. The opener was Pat Benatar. And this is this before Pat Benatar had like hits or anything. I guess she used to come out in like Peter Pan outfits and like, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> sounds and awesome. It's dude. actually very sad. Apparently, they just threw a bunch of like beer bottles at her, and she oh, had to like Christ. get off stage and stop the show and everything. Like, it's pretty fucked up. Well, so I don't know who was making these shows back in the day, but uh. <laughs> some very dumbass people. So that's hilarious to me. I don't know the Black Sabbath pairing. I would see that show any oh, day in my life. Amazing, yeah. yeah. But uh, after that, they released albums to, you know, not even critical acclaim. They, they occupy a very strange space. They really are not brought up as much as all the other prog bands. Of the no, 70s. I want to like, say, like, but the thing is, they're still in the circle somewhere. They are, yeah. I mean, people know them, but they're not, they're not a yes, not a King Crimson. Not you know, close. Like, they're not, even a, even a Pink Floyd gets more proggy. Yeah. Um, prog air time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proggy time. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of interesting. Yeah. So they they occupy just like this weird little circle. Like if I'm gonna draw like a Venn diagram, like they occupy like the top circle over here, right? Like they're yeah. just, they're barely in the circle. Yeah, yeah. They're barely in the prog land, uh, and it's pretty sick. <laughs> they're pretty awesome. But <laughs> that being said, <laughs> they're also cringy as fuck. They're weird. Awkward, and we're gonna play the same song that we just played live. And there's just something wrong, and you can't even see the video. And I bet you at home can sense it. I don't know what it is, and you're gonna have to tell me. And you're gonna watch, and I'm not watching. Oh, play Knots live, would you please? That's our transition point. No, for I want to keep going. Yeah. Uh, I, mm, uh. <laughs> so let's dissect from pure audio perspective. What yeah. I think one of the things that went wrong is in the studio, you can sing uh, these lower, like uh, underneath parts, like, uh, uh, uh-huh, right? Yeah, it's not awkward. It's not awkward. And well, the thing that makes it awkward is the amount of force you have to project mm. uh, gives you a strange attack on the note in your, in your lower register often. And in the studio, you can be, you know, uh, as accurate 
but if you have to sing loud and I don't know what it is, but like I can feel the crowd in that show in this recording. It does make a little more sense that they got booed off after watching that. Um, I'm, I'm going to get a little into like sort of like society and culture and how we view people. Bring um, it. Come on. So socially awkward, weirdo nerd people. <laughs> um, you're talking to me or what? But uh, just general. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I mean, have you ever noticed if you've gone to like, you know, a, say like a, I don't know, a video game thing or like a card shop or something I've like that? I've done both, yep. Notice how the people there are generally kind of like unattractive and not really like well-groomed and kind of just look a little Again, I can't tell weird. if you're talking to me now. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm speaking in general yeah, terms no, here. Yeah, 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 that's so Prague is that yes. of the music land. And if we are going with a theory that they are the most Prague of Prague, yeah, they are. Looking at them now, they were like... I mean, this is obviously still a thing, like, today, but, like, I've, the 70s especially, like, for rock, it was very much, like, a lot like a lot of heartthrob kind of people. Oh, you know, sure. like, Robert yeah, Plant yeah. or someone, yeah. like, you know, it's like, like, you know, it was physical, a big thing. It's yeah, a physical specimens, thing. yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Yikes. Yikes, point five. The, the percussion, like, the guy doing the, the violin. Uh, Shut up. God. <laughs> God damn it. Bald, like glasses, and just something about seeing He's him hunched, hunched, hunched over with, like that. The was fucking, he formality? Yes, yeah. yeah. And then the fucking main singer, his facial hair was like a goatee, but then went to a full beard, neck. Uh, yeah, yes, very neck. And there's something about like four guys standing in a row at mics, dressed like they're in like a cult, singing contrapuntal, and they're weird. all just like. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like but the thing like, is, you have to do that. To keep time. you have to. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. But like their facial facial expression, it's like there's nothing sexy about this music, <laughs> <laughs> and like, but they're trying so hard at the same time. You know, but in the end, yeah. it doesn't even. Matter. That has nothing to do with their music at all. But like, uh, yeah, I kind of get it now. <laughs> I get why they're maybe not the most popular of the prog bands. Yeah. But, well, yeah. okay, but. When it comes down to it, when you have someone or a group that's trying to push like every envelope musically in like so many different directions, how on earth can you, you know, produce winners all the time? You know what I mean? No, you can't. I mean, like, no, I'm very happy they exist and that they did this and they were them. Like, but wow. Yeah. That was something. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, that's General Giant. (laughs) I, I love there, there's songs I wanted to play that we don't have time for. Go check them out. The two albums I'd recommend are The Power and the Glory and Octopus. Uh, they're both really good. Octopus is a little more on their guess chamberier side, sure. and then I guess, and then Power and the Glory has more of the rock shit. They were a band for a long time too, weren't they? Pretty long, yeah, like ten years. Yeah, they have, they have quite a few albums. I still I don't understand how famous they were or I not. I have no clue. It's very confusing. Because they sold, like, no, uh, you know, but at the time. But, like, they were popular enough to tour with Black Sabbath. I mean, I don't think that made much back then. Oh, I guess they're both UK, too. Yeah, yeah. It's probably in the same fucking city or whatever. Yeah. Or same mm-hmm. label or, who you know. Who knows? Yeah. Same label, Jesus. Yeah, maybe. What a know. great label. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's basically what I want to say about General Giant. They're very cool. Um, obviously very unique. Push things musically, very contrapuntal, very strange harmony, more so akin to like a composer. Yeah, than I a mean, rock band. there's not been a moderately famous band, I will say, I guess, that 
is anywhere near this weird. I don't think. No, like and this 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 specific weird, yeah. type of weird. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's general diet. So speaking of weird, my turn again. Yes. All right. What's weird? Uh, we are listening to one of my favorite guitar players. Oh, Dave Fusinski. What a guy. I don't know if I'm I say it. Uh, I think it's like Fuse. Well, we'll tag him on Instagram after this and be like, we fucked up your name. Please spread our podcast to everyone you know and love. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Dave Fusinski, he, uh, there's a lot with him as well. Um, he's been a sideman on like, I don't know, a hundred albums and like worked on that kind of shit. But his own music, he, more than any other guitar player can think of, really explores microtones, fretless guitar, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. And, I love fretless guitar. And very, like, world influence. And I don't, there's not really another guitar player that's, I think actually he's German, but, like, American. He, like, raised here and everything. But anyway, um, that does that. And also just, like, makes some fucking badass music. And I was also just a like, fucking ripping, like, guitar player in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with his First band that really like became a thing, and this is, I think, the same era that for like Mr. Bungle getting signed. And it's like, who fucking signs these bands? Yeah, like, who fucking signs this shit? Um, but his band, Screaming Headless Torsos, uh, yeah, um, but I describe them as sort of if the chili peppers were actually cool and interesting, okay, I guess. Um, that sounds cool. I- so it's very, it's like, it's funk rock, I would say, but. Check out his comping, his guitar. Okay. Let me get this straight. This is when he's in 12 Edo, right? Yes. Okay. Well, no, this is actually, this is the most straightforward of anything we're going to listen to after this. Because everything else is going to be like, yeah, it's out of tune. Uh, But anyway, um, so this is, if I can find it. Mind is a River by Screaming Headless Torsos. Word. Seem to choreograph Though still in my youth I question my own existence No moral guidance Cleanse my yearning to know About the outside Chase my tomorrows away I couldn't be too long for sure Cause sometimes you can Know too much for your own But a good And following the road to your dreams You don't know This is way better than Chili Peppers with every band. I know, but it's like that sound, like the funk rock, but like this is what funk rock should That be. was fucking tight. What's the name of this band again? Screaming Headless Torsos. They, I think they only have like two or three albums out, but like it's all, yeah, they're fucking awesome. Uh, Screaming again, that's, Headless yeah, Torsos. Torsos um, it is straightforward. There's weird shit in there, but like not really. Not really like yeah. um, some of the songs get a little more out there but this is definitely him at his most conventional Fucking i guess i would say disgusting yeah right uh, uh <laughs> his tone uh during the verses 
flanger tremolo? Something like that, maybe like a rotary speaker kind of oh, simulation thing. I'm not sure. A lot of guitar players like those Leslie's. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool shit. Um, his, because it's, it's, it's like rock and funk, and those are obviously like foundations for him, but he's very good at sneaking the other weird shit. Like, that, yeah, the comp, like, I don't, is there a rock song that has that comping of the verse in it? Like, wow. even the tone aside, just like the part he's playing, he's... Yeah. It's like a jazz comp. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. lines up. It's weird times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Voicing is a little cool. Mm-hmm. It's, sometimes he drops the single line. Exactly. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool shit. Um, check them out. They're just awesome. I'm, I'm not going to play a lot gonna, of that. I'm going to be like, spamming. They're uh, fucking great. I'm going to be binge listening. Yes. Um, but oh he also God. does jazz. And what a nerd! I know, right? Uh, so his thing is he plays a double neck guitar, but the top neck is a fretless. I, I have a soft spot for fretless guitar, it's awesome. man. Oh, my God. It's so good. Um, so we're going to play a little of your girl, Hiromi. Yes. Um, I'm just going to play the melody. There's a ton of cool shit in this song, but I love how he approaches the melody to this song. Uh, it's called Caravan. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I've never heard of it. No, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, but fretless guitar is cool, and you don't hear it in jazz much. No, and I can't think of a fretless player in jazz. Here we go. Caravan. So last time I made that face was when we, uh, when I listened to fucking The Way Up. Yeah. This is the same kind of moment. Mm, that's, yeah, the, oh. And that's actually uh, like a compositional thing. Like, do you shoot for like a big picture or do you shoot for one moment? You know what I mean? That it's God mm, damn, damn that, that was mm. fucking nasty. Uh. And possibly better because the bridge was so bad. Yeah. I <sighs> I have a thing. I know. I have a thing. I, I, I already knew this was going to happen when I picked this song, but go for it. Yes. Most jazz piano players are terrible synthesizer players. It's it's the worst thing that makes me cringe, makes me want to die. It's such a bad choice. I know. I mean, I, so I'm glad that it's different enough from the A section, but like, that was not the Bruh. move. That was not the move. But anyway, let's talk about his guitar playing. Oh, uh, God. Uh, it's... 
so he's again i think it's like the rock jazz blues influence it's like somewhere between sitar and like slide blues guitar because it's still very guitar-y yeah the tone is very guitar yeah especially um but like and this is like earlier like we'll play some later shit where he gets really into the microtonal shit but like just the slight sort of off tuneness and like so microtones are great that's where, at least in the world I live in, that microtones have the most impact. Yeah, I agree. Is when you use something of of an off kilter note to accentuate something, or you destabilize something in a certain way. Having a consistent uh, microtonal scale of, like, let's say, a seventeen edo or whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't have the same. It's impact. a it's a different thing. It's let's a different, just say it's sure, a very it's, different thing. It's yes. different. It's also yeah. worse. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I like something, but yes, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Okay, uh, yeah, but, but like, but that just the slight. But that's the thing. It's not. It's so. It's re- very removed from like blues vocal kind of like in between pitch thing. Oh sure. Like yeah. you know, it's that's obviously part of his influence, but it's way more I think intentional and more of the like say Indian or what other Asian music kind of way mm-hmm. where they actually think about these pitches. Yes, well, they're actual pitches. Yeah. Yes, exactly, and it's like. So much research too, yeah. I know goes into that, um, especially over, you know, instruments that don't do that. <laughs> like, you know, like electric bass and keyboard. Like it's like it's hard to not. He has other. I couldn't find a good recording. Kind of want to play it, um, but he has groups that are like microtonal groups, and he has like microtonal keyboard kind of shit in some of his bands. It's really cool, but it is different. Like kind of what you're saying when it's all sort of like that. It's mm-hmm. not quite as it doesn't give you that, <laughs> you know. Oh, 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 oh my nasty. god! Oh my nasty. god! Speaking of nasty, David Now we're going to listen to our boy Rude Rush. Oh my god! So David's this good, huh? Yes. Oh. Um, this is from his Rude Rush's Rude Rush Mahantapa, which we talked about at some point. The jazz episode, I believe. I mean, probably or something. I don't remember. Rude Rush is awesome. Uh, we we both met him. He's amazing. Fucking dope. Amazing. Um, this is album Gamak. Uh, I'm going to play two parts of this. I'm going to play the intro because it's crazy rude shit, but also it's the comping is very. If you think back to the screaming headless torsos and now going to this, it's kind of interesting. So here's the head, I guess we'll call it. Sure. Here, this is Waiting is Forbidden. So when you put it on mute, it uh, uh, doesn't work for some reason. We apologize for the dead uh, air. Right, we're going to cut that. All right, here we go. Oh, okay. Thank you. 
just the taste. But um, I really love that he has fret guitar, fretted guitar, and fretless, and obviously an overdub. But like, it's such a nice contrast. So that is him doubling. Yes. Uh I know, like the little articulations uh, that he matches uh, with. Her. Oh man, like and mm. even the points where he offsets. Yeah. Uh, really fucking cool. Uh, like, I do like the mix too, where he's like just underneath, just underneath yeah. enough that it's like it's in there, but like. Ooh, it's a cool production. Um, anyway, just to get a taste of that head. But let's Can I get a taste? go to his solo. This is full on like microtonal bullshit. That's cool. I mean, I don't always hate me some microtones. Let's yeah, go. I know. Here we go. <laughs> dude i don't know <laughs> that's some bullshit uh i think what i admire most is like it's so easy to fall in like fretless guitarist side to say you're playing like backwards delay or slide or pretending to do indian scales with your voice perhaps um it's so easy to kind of fall into that just like, like kind of like that kind of bullshit especially on guitar very like slidey just yeah. on the one string which i mean mimics those instruments and those sounds like that's secondary. It's like the counterpoint that he plays, like the rhythm, the open string kind of licks, like the chord, like very advanced guitar shit applied to a fretless instrument. And it's, I don't know anyone who does that besides nutty. It. It's ugh. nutty. Yeah. Also re is really fucking good. Too. Oh, oh my God. Hey, the only thing I actually wrote down during that was like, uh, at the beginning of the clip when, you know, they had the da 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 and, uh, the Austin auto figure, when the drum fill matched it just after like a bunch of space happened and matched him like a crash and straight mm. moment based writing. Yeah. That's a really good album. What, uh, what's the name of the album again? Gamak. Oh, I'm, 
I feel like I heard that. Why, why am I so stupid? I can't uh, remember. I mean, they all kind of... <laughs> um, uh, last thing we're going to play is just uh, some Instagram clips. His Instagram is really cool. I, I can vouch. I'm not a guitar player. I follow him on Instagram. He's nasty. He's nasty. I think it's refreshing because, I mean, I follow a lot of guitar players, but there's, especially in the guitar world, and probably keyboards as well, I'm sure, but there's such, like, the influencer kind of thing where it's just like, hey, today, guys, we're checking out the blah, 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 and blah, blah. So, as a heads up, it's much worse with piano. I imagine. Much, much worse. I would imagine. Although, the guitar the, the guys are probably douchier. Yes. Keyboard players are cringier. Yeah, piano so, players yeah, are cringier. That's real. That's real. Um, but, He's, I, I hate, like, I sound stupid, but I'm like, he really seems like a real guy. <gasps> like, yeah, but it's that kind of thing. Where it's like, he'll just, I mean, he's a professor at Berkeley now. And, like, okay. obviously has done amazing things. And he'll just be like, eh, just shedding this today. And he'll just kind of be like, I'm trying this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, and like, he puts weird shit up to him. He's like, I haven't figured this out yet, but eh, it's kind of cool. Fuck it, yeah. Um, so I'm just going to play a couple short clips just to kind of give a range of all the shit he does. Nice. Um, this first one is, along those lines, he's experimenting with microtonal tapping. Oh, no. I mean, Sound cool. it's cool, it's stupid, but it's cool, right? Yeah. I'm glad that we're getting potato recording quality. I know, I mean, what, what, I kind of like that. He doesn't like go out of his way to make it sound sure. good. It's just like, here's him practicing a Chinese melody. Ending. Yeah. Uh, What's the name of the instrument that he's trying to emulate? Uh, the that one. The, 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 yeah, the thing. With that, the, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's that one instrument. It's fucking nasty. It's cool. It's cool. Um, How fast is that picking, man? Yeah, his hand was blur. Um, and then this was just <laughs> so <laughs> borderline stupid. <laughs> um, here, here he is jamming with like a gamelan group. Oh boy. This could be Stupid little shit like that, but it's like it's very refreshing on your Instagram feed if you're yeah. scrolling through, and then it's just like, huh, okay, <laughs> like think how much fun that guy must have, dude. Uh, could you imagine? Can you imagine like doing fun stuff with music? No. All right, <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Anyway, Dave Yzinski, Wikipedia him. Check like he's just he's on a lot of shit. I would be and, binge like, listening to Screaming Headless yeah, Torsos they, tonight. A fucking sweet band for sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely check them out. But like all his projects are very cool. That guy's really good, man. <laughs> man, it's I want to do fun stuff. <laughs> now I'm sad. <laughs> it's hard out here for a whatever we are. 
losers. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> yes, what do you mean? Yeah, that that was the word I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It's time for the last one of today. We're talking about my dude, Georgi Ligeti. You know what I always say? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Make her wetty and then Ligeti. This has been Music Section of Die. Our podcast is now canceled. I am. Come on, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bitches love contemporary classical pickup lines. Yeah, that's fucking true. Fucking true. It works for me every time. <laughs> like, uh. No, I got nothing. Nothing cool. Yeah. We're talking about Ligeti. Ligeti <laughs> is a composer of the 20th century and the 21st century. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh, I get it. What? I don't get it. No. So he made it over the 21st century line, just barely. Oh, I thought you were making the reference to a oh, no. particular yeah, movie. He... Oh, wow. That would have been way smarter than what I just did. You're you're funnier than me. So <laughs> Yeah, did you hear my <laughs> make her wetty joke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lady is dope AF. Uh, he lived a long time. Yeah, he did. Well, okay, there's something about being a composer in the 20th century that makes you live a fucking long Who time. Who just recently died like a month or two ago? Babbitt? No. Not Babbitt? Wasn't it? I think it was Babbitt who died a couple months ago. Maybe not Babbitt. Someone someone, someone like that. But they were Crumb? Like, no, Crumb was like last year. Anyway, they were like 97 yeah. or something. Well, like, let's, yeah, say, well yeah. let's go through this. Copeland lived 99. This motherfucker, Lily, lived to 83. Fucking Bartok lived to like 90. What is it about being a composer... Of weird ass insane shit that makes you live forever. Well, what's up? It's because no one likes your music, so you just stay home and you have a much higher survival rate when you don't leave your house. <laughs> oh, and your odds of getting an STD are much lower. <laughs> anyway, Ligeti is a fairly unique composer among uh, this time period for many reasons, but what I would say f- most of all is that he separates himself from his peers, the uh, who are the big five of that era? Like the Babbitt, uh, what's the name of those people again? Oh, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Babbitt Crumb. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. So they're like the, I guess, the hyper avant-gardists. Ligeti can occupy that space and has, but he also has, a, I would say, a larger breadth of styles and languages that he can speak musically. I think so. I think, especially that era where black composers were trying to distance themselves from everything yes yeah he had a firm foot in a lot of different mm-hmm. worlds yeah so what i want to kind of do is i want to start out with one of his more <clears throat> tonal pieces i guess you could call it it's tonal uh but this again kind of like our general giant has its roots in a hyper tonality hyper chromaticism very late romantic um Distant harmonies connected horizontally and vertically, and it's pretty cool. This is Arkansas, one of his piano etudes.
So this is one of my like top three piano pieces it's, of all time. Oh, beautiful! It's um, gorge. As a quick aside, yeah. it's kind of weird after all the microtonal shit. Like that sounded hearing off a, to me for like a good like twenty hearing, seconds. I was just like hearing a piano. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, I love this piece so much. Um, yeah, so you can hear the liggety stuff in the and actually the midsection of this piece, just even uh, like thirty seconds later, gets more towards the uh, atonal side of it. And but he uses the atonality as a bridge between uh, his the, the theme, the sure the C major seven, E flat major seven, the the basically the constant major sevens with voice leading in between. He uses the atonality, big loud statements. To get back and forth between. I really appreciate that, too. I mean, I obviously, like, say, Schoenberg, like, coming up with that kind of shit. Like, he has to fully invest in committing that. But I feel like a lot of composers after him also kind of just fully committed. But really, it's a tool. Yes. Yes. You know, and, like, that's beautiful. Like, and you put it very well. Like, Mm -hmm. that's great. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this is again. I'm restated for the record. This is top three piano pieces ever for me. It's possibly one of the most gorgeous pieces of classical it's, music ever. It was beautiful, yeah. And the performance. I don't know who you found. He's fucking, he's fucking tight. Uh, it's actually a woman, Jake. She's fucking tight. So uh, check your privilege. Word. Who is it? Uh, Katya Bunishvili. Okay, you're gonna have to send me that link later. Cool. Bunishvili, so, like Georgian. Sure. Is there an I at the end? Yes. It's, she's from Georgia then. Cool. Oh, yeah. uh, so. Georgia. <laughs> it's, a, it's on my mind right now. Uh, but Ligeti is also famous uh, f- for fucking up his mic constantly right now. Can we stop? I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, my, my God. <laughs> <clears throat> so Ligeti yeah. uh, wrote a requiem. A Requiem. Oh, like Dear Evan Hansen? Yes, like Dear Evan Hansen. Exactly like Dear Evan Hansen. I love that song. Oh, my God. But uh, Requiem meaning in the spiritual sense, uh, a large mass. Yeah. It's, it's a... That's what I did this morning. So, Ligeti wrote a Requiem. <laughs> um, it's been a long episode. <laughs> it's, been a, uh, it's been a long episode or two. So, we're just going to play it first. And then we're going to talk about where it's been, what it's done, what it is, and how cool it is. Hit that fucking play button.
actually kind of hard to stop that because I know it's so it's like, uh, it's, it's entrancing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. for sure. Ligeti, uh, as a composer, I would say is probably, if not like the best, at least my favorite textural composer. Yeah, I don't know how you write that. I don't how do you come up with that? Like, I'm trying to figure out, or I, I should have looked this up at any point in my life, but like Zanakis and Ligeti and how they intersected. I've never heard of them intersecting, but... Oh, I mean, not, sorry, no. Oh, like uh, timeline. Timeline. Oh. Zanakis was before some of Ligeti's stuff, right? Zanakis was like 40s? Yeah, but he... Ligeti, Ligeti would have been like 20s at this point, in, in the 40s. Yeah, but he, Zanakis had a long career as well. Yeah. So, because he's an experimental composer. Yeah, and then he'll <laughs> live forever. Uh, that is interesting, but... It's, a, it's interesting. It must like, be an influence at the very... Like, uh, yeah, like... Somewhere. Um... I enjoy Ligeti more because I like some tonality sometimes. Uh, Zanakis obviously is awesome, and Metastasis is great, and so is that other one that I forget the name of. I like the one where it's like the German kid singing. It's all <laughs> ring modded out. Yeah, that's, it's cool. that's so good. Also, I forget the name of that. Uh, so Ligeti is very good texturally, and this piece is obviously nothing but a giant soundscape. It's... Um Reminds me of that uh, YouTube video we watched earlier about the uh, reality TV show. Who was that guy who does those? Tantacruel. Shout outs. Shout out. Bad- badass um, YouTuber. So obviously this piece is very famous for being in 2001. 2001. Space Odyssey. Um, Hence the joke that I didn't, didn't make. Have. Yes. Uh, but it it transcends that. Uh, was the reification? Is that the Yeah, word? that's the term. Yeah. That's the term he uses. Like something like... Um, Wagner in uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, right. It's like every time you hear Valkyries, you kind of think of that movie now. Mm -hmm. This, I do think of this movie, that movie, but it's also just so, there's something about it that just so like, it really enwraps you into it that I, I'm like, oh, is that from, that's from Space Odyssey, but it's like, no, this is like deep. I don't. I guess it's just like, it's still, I guess, more of a unique thing than the Ride of the Valkyries would be. Sure. Uh, Sonically, that it, at least to me, it would just grab my attention in more ways than Ride of the Valkyries will. Because Ride of the Valkyries, I hear the melody line, I hear the background, you know, I hear the yeah, yeah. those trilling violins up top, and and then there's not enough to get me away from Apocalypse Now. Sure. Uh, although, I'm still pretty good at separating that kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, but like it's still just like... It's a, always as a, This is a probably one of the weirdest songs in the pop culture collective... Consciousness, like, yeah. like me, because like people know this yeah, piece. That's the big stone thing. Yeah, man. but it's like that's a fucking weird piece of music, dude. Like, yeah. and this, I think the requiem in total is like thirty minutes long. Oh wow! And a lot of it is like this, so it's a tough listen. I can sit there and listen to it. I, don't I know. definitely have. Oh man, I, I got to buy the score, dude. I want to mm-hmm. see that shit. Mm-hmm. How you write this? I have no. I've, clue. I've seen the score a little bit of it, and there's like a million vocal parts. I was thinking about that too with like the performers. Like that must be a weird, difficult, weird day. We're like, oh yeah, I've got this new uh, piece working on. You're just like, the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Is like, I'm. I don't think this is aleatoric at all. No, I don't think so either. Well, if I'm trying to remember the score, so like, there's no randomness or anything like that. This is notated over bars in time. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, and it's like not obviously it doesn't. That's not right. how it comes across. Well, I mean, he's a little pre like. John Cage and yeah, that kind true. of era, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Where you still had to actually write everything out mm-hmm. before, you know. So in that sense, like performing it must have been a nightmare. Writing it must have been a nightmare. 
Uh, the whole process. So, fucking hard respect. I don't know when this record was written. I think it was like the 50s. Hmm. But, boom! Fucking nasty. But, as I said earlier, Liggity has a wide variety of styles. <laughs> this dude wrote a lot of shit. He wrote an opera. He wrote exactly one opera, and he referred to it as an anti-anti-opera. Yeah, what is this opera about? Like, is there a plot, or is it just... Oh, fuck if I know, dude. Okay. I didn't just read curious. that shit. Just curious. So, this is an anti-anti-opera. Uh, anti-opera was a thing for a while that was basically, like, operas that basically specifically tried to avoid the tropes and trends of opera. Uh, and this is him saying, like, hey, I'm gonna do an anti-anti-opera by writing weird-ass music, but with opera tropes. Mm. Right? Very meta. Very meta. And we're going to listen to scene two, one, two, three, five. I love me some grunting. Here we go. Your sweet ass that's notated too. Um, the, so you see what I mean by anti-anti-opera it's though? A, it's hard to talk about that. I like but like specific reference to him uh doing opera tropes, which is I guess this is more of a, a comedic opera than like a verity sure. force I, of destiny I would, thing. I hope so. At yeah. least. I mean, that's just my guess. This is called the Great Death. Which is fucking weird, right? But maybe it's still a comedy, I hope. It's gotta be. Dark comedy. Dark comedy, okay. So, <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. Uh, this is, he's using horror, or not horror tropes, wow. He's using opera tropes, but with weird music, which is a reflection on the anti-opera, which was, you know, trying to avoid all things cliche. Right. He's using the cliche in like a new, interesting way. He's unclished. Well, he's reclished. I don't know. Yeah. We'll figure out your verb tenses later. Um, I find it interesting, too, the the instrumental brief snippets that we get, and that remind me a lot of, like, a Hans Zimmer score or something. In a weird, like, just that kind of, like, the stabs. Oh, or something sure. like that. But this obviously predates that by billion years. years. <laughs> um, and I, it's, I guess it might be a cliche thing, too. I don't know. But it, to me, it's felt more like that than like opera. Yep. Yeah. I believe it. I don't know why not. And, uh, yeah, it's fucking cool. It's not, it's also fucking stupid. Yes. Uh, the name of the piece is one, two, three, five, and that's how it gets counted off in the beginning. 
by the by the lady. Oh, is that where you two got their start for their song, Vertigo? If you keep talking, Uno, Dos, Tres, Catorce. I'm glad you kept going. That was great. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> Back to Ligeti's more textural side. Uh, I think that's probably his his milieu. <laughs> His his fucking claim to fame. Yes, that's what Liggy's known for. His textural writing. This piece that we're about to play has sounds that I don't get. How you get out of an orchestra exactly? Uh, I've never seen the score. I don't know what instruments are in it. I'm guessing there's some weird fucking percussion shit that I don't understand. But take a listen to uh, the first muted French horn cluster and the shimmering kind of thing that happens on top of it because. Very interesting, and the whole piece is very cool. And it's one of those things, kind of like the Requiem, where somehow you just get sucked into its world, and you just like wide-eyed, staring somewhere in your room while listening to this. It's kind of a strange time-bending event, at least for me. Hard to stop. I know. That. It's oh man. You get transported some weird headspace with that shit, man. I mean, I I assume this is obviously intentional, but like I get the two thousand one choice. Like it, it's alien music. It really, yeah. It like doesn't sound of this world. But keeping <laughs> like, in mind, this is like your seems like your standard orchestra, man. Yeah, I know. It's great. What a like, fucking legend. So like, maybe like a bow piece of metal on the... Yeah. Like maybe something I was like almost, that. Yeah, some of the later stuff you could tell were like the strings playing close to the bridge yeah, or something like that yeah. where you get all the squeaky yeah. overtones, but that first one I don't get. I'm yeah, I was sure. thinking it was like some weird aluminum foil trick something or something. like that, yeah. I don't know. 
the the sounds he got were so amazing. I kind of want to shout out a uh, string quartet that was written much later by a guy named Leichenman hmm. called Grand Torso, where it's very similar. It's just a string quartet, but the sounds he get are very uncomfortable. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. We'll check that out. Yeah, it's That's very cool. cool. But it's very much descended from this, which is un, not unsettling. It's actually it's almost the opposite of unsettling. I saw, I started really settling in, but like my I, that, I don't I couldn't tell where my mind was that going. Maybe is why I feel make like I feel it's so alien because it's like it's creepy and it's like dissonant and you're like uncomfortable, but it somehow feels okay. Yeah. And I, like, I'm not, I, I don't feel distant from it. Yeah. It, I mean, like maybe that's what it's like getting abducted by aliens. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they, they put you in a weird pod thing in their spaceship and yeah. you're like, this is weird, but Oh, the drugs feel good. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but it's a weird, it's a weird mindset though. It really is. It is. You're like, I don't know. Ooh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful music. But, and uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about Ligeti. Uh, he's cool. He writes texturally. He writes uh, with a sense of humor. He writes with uh, an event, an advanced sense of harmony as well. He's kind of the one of the most well-rounded composers of that era. I would agree. As far as I, I, yeah. I think Ives is pretty well-rounded as well. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, different kind of different kind for sure. Yeah, Ives yeah. is weird as fuck. Yeah, no, like look, he's not. But uh, we're gonna leave you. With or we're going to leave this segment of to this episode with a little bit of Ligeti's humor. Still a little mad about this one. I know. So I don't know if you've ever gotten ruthlessly trolled by a piece of music before. Not this hard. Not this hard. This one. This one. Uh, the piece. The, the thing that makes it funny is this piece is actually really good. So this concept. Uh, this is Musica uh, Ricercata, and. The idea is like using just a couple of notes per per movement. This one uses one. Well, and then yeah. <laughs> it, and then it doesn't. And when you, uh, the, I, mean, I played this. I played this for a friend who uh, could read music, and uh, the YouTube was scrolling across. And it jumps to the last page before the note uh, happens. And they're like, no, no, no. Stop. Lickety, no. <laughs> I mean, make them wetty. Uh, we'll play the damn fucking music and we'll get out of this fucking topic for a sec. Uh.
Hate him. Hate him. I, I love hate it. him so much. <laughs> but the important thing to note is that he made a very, at least to me, a very compelling piece out of one note. It really is. Like, just the, it's it's all it's like a little melody. Dun, 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 yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like the articulation, it's so well done. Yeah. Uh, what's the rest of that like? Uh, like are they kind of the same? They're the same vibe. vibe? Not mm-hmm. obviously less right. silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a little more serious. It's pre- most of it's pretty rhythmic. I would imagine you'd have to be. Yeah. Awesome. So the the rest of the eleven movements are quite similar. Gotcha. But uh, I think they get longer too. The, the, as they go, they add more notes per oh, movement. Okay, interesting. Not, not. Um, I don't think they ever get past six. I can't remember. Okay. But uh, That's still very okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Well, well. What else can you say? <laughs> and then I think that's literally all I can say. My my throat might be starting to hurt from talking about Ligeti so much. <gasps> but uh, he's one of my favorite composers, and he's nasty. So, what else have you been listening to this week, Jake? Well, I listen to a lot of Gentle Giant and Ligeti. Oh, weird. Yeah. But, uh, actually, today, I was driving home from my gig, and I turned on our local classical station, King FM, which sometimes is an exercise in torture, as they play the same, you know, eight It pieces. is funny how, like, I mean, that's like every radio station, Yeah, but it's funny you've transcended to the classical guy yeah. of that. I don't know how that happened. But... Uh, later at night, the station becomes pretty good. Like one time I was driving home from like a salsa gig at two 30 in the morning and they were playing the entirety of Philip Glass's Akhenaten. Oh, okay, that's pretty so. It was awesome. It was like 70 minutes long. It was, that's cool. That's cool. Great. It was very strange coupling with a night drive back from Olympia. Very strange. <laughs> that would be weird. Yes. Uh, combination of stimuli. <laughs> but, uh, on this drive home today, I heard this piece called Moments of, from a Peking Opera by Chinese-French composer Shi Gong Chen. And uh, he's also, actually, I think his timeline, he was the last composer to study with Messiaen. Oh. And he lived with Messiaen for four oh, years. Oh, they were doing a little... Uh, oh, God. Little bird songs. Wow. <laughs> Kill yourself. So. Uh, <laughs> I tried to not laugh. I tried. So the, uh, he's a modern composer. He, you could definitely hear in this piece a lot of Messiaen influence. And based on just this piece, I definitely want to go check out more of him. Oh, okay, cool. It's a solo piano piece. Uh, it has a lot of Messiaen's, like, s- strange languages that he speaks. You know what I mean? Uh, musically, obviously. I think he spoke French, Jake. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I hate you. I can't. I can't. Yeah, you've lost all. I've lost You've it. lost your marbles. Right, go on. Uh, yeah, he's, like, the Messiaen's vocabulary is also very unique. Well, I would say it's actually limited in its trans- transpositions. Yeah. God, we're stupid. No one gets that joke. So, uh, Shigong Chen, I would say you can definitely hear it, but you can also hear some other influences in there. What they are, I don't know, because I'm stupid, but it's really cool. Check out Moments from, pa- Moments from a Peking Opera by Shigong Chen. Nice. What do you got? I hate myself. I've been listening to the most hipster bullshit I've ever heard of in my life. Uh-oh. The band name is Au Revoir, Simone. 
I've heard of them. Have you really? Yeah. Oh. I don't I don't think I've heard them. It's uh their album that I've been listening to is Verses of Comfort, Assurance, and Salvation. Dude. This is some it's like three hey. three women and they all play shitty keyboards. And apparently they recorded this album in their manager's like shower because <laughs> the <laughs> acoustics were I think I've good. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I hate myself, but I like it. It's very. I. It's just very like simple. It's like those shitty like kind of like read reedy tones you get on like old shitty Casios and stuff. Oh, cool. like, like the oboe patch and shit. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like that, and they just sing, and it's like that indie shit, and it's like I I hate that. I hate that. I like it, but I like it. <laughs> okay, so. Obviously a big recommendation, but no, it's it's really cool. I like it. Okay. Check them out. Check them out. I'll check them out. Got any rats for us? Well, we were going to argue oh. about whether Layla is good or not. I don't know if I have it in me. You don't have it in you? Layla sucks. No. And I'm just going to say that. It doesn't suck. It it, it is bad. Okay. It the, sucks. The but most out-of-tune guitar solos at the end. <laughs> I don't that makes is, it to minute six of that song. Come on. Yeah. Why is that outro even there? I don't know. Why doesn't it just end on a fade out of the But like that chorus slaps. I again, that chorus slaps. You had a good example of something that works, but I hate the fucking downward transposition or key change into the Yeah, bird, like. that's <laughs> awkward, uninspired, lazy, shitty. Oh, and the transition back to the chorus was a <laughs> No. No. No, it doesn't work, but it is hilarious. Because you're just, <laughs> I, it's just one of those like in between keys kind of songs. So it's talking about something really yeah, annoying right. to me. But like, uh, it's like verses are in like C sharp minor or whatever, and the choruses are in D sharp minor. And like the transition, I don't never even what chord they're chilling on. It resolves like it. Yeah, it, it, it might be a, it might be a dom, a, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely not a sub. It does not work. As no, <laughs> and then but like they just land on that chord from nowhere, and then it's like. Terrible. That terrible. Does that chorus slap? Eric Clapton is a hack. <laughs> He's also like weirdly racist and anti-mask. Vax. Oh yeah, like, I forgot about that. Yeah, Fucking, yeah so. might as well go hang out with Ted Nugent at this point. Uh, this is maybe a shout out. There's a oh man, I'm gonna I'll post it on our Twitter after this. But I saw a really funny uh, reading. This uh, I forgot he author who writes music articles for like vice or something like that i don't know really funny they did a reading of this piece he wrote about analyzing eric clapton's bookshelf from interviews <laughs> it sounds awesome it's hilarious I'll, I'll post it on our twitter so follow our twitter dude our uh, twitter is yeah. lit at music sucks cast mm-hmm. it's awesome also this video is going to be posted on youtube with a wonderful lighting error because our portable light here ran out of battery so we switched to my overhead which i'm sure looks really good Great. Uh, I want to do something, but I have to find the song. Can you let me use your phone for a second to Google? Because I don't remember the name of the song, and it's in a language I don't know. Great. And I want to play a time signature uh, time signature game with you guys. Oh, no, we're doing this? Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything else to do. <laughs> I mean, we could just end it. No. This song, plus the groove's really interesting. So I want to just play it up real fast, and I have to remember how exactly... Uh, something like that. I don't fucking remember. Oh, I found it. Holy shit. I'm awesome. <laughs> so play this for me. I don't know how the fuck I remembered that. 
so we're going to play a time signature game. This is a song I found on the Spotify India charts a long time ago, like last year. And I was just like, man, this groove slaps ass. And I, it took me a little bit to figure out how exactly I feel it. But I feel it and it feels good. And I felt like you felt it a different way than I did. Probably. I feel like that happens to us a lot. So we're going to have you guys involved in this discussion. Let us know in the comments. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell. I think I feel it that way. Which way? That you just did the... Well, that's one, yeah. Yeah. Wait, sorry, what's the, what's the question then? Oh, how, how do you feel it? I was just saying that was cool. The, oh, yeah. the when look at there, whatever yeah, yeah. the words are. Uh, how do you feel it, bro? What's your, what's your pulse? What's your division? I'm here just tick it, 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 tick it. So it's like 6-4 kind of. Yeah, that's how I feel too. So. Okay. I feel like last time you talked, you heard it in 12. Well, to be fair, that was a headphone, so maybe I was missing some info. I see. Always listen to headphones. Makes your life much better unless you're listening to weird prog from the 70s, which pans your tremolo. Actually, the Beatles had some very questionable panning decisions too. You know, man. They broke ground, though. Sure. Sure. It's better than the fucking, like, all that jazz we listened to where, like, all the reverb was in oh, one Oh, was that Dolphy? Yeah. That was horrid. That was possibly the worst production decision really I've ever weird. heard. That was really weird. But I'm running out of stamina here because I feel like this is the longest episode we've ever We've been going for a while. A lot of good music, though. A lot of good music. Yeah. This was a very fun episode to do. And uh, hopefully you guys think so, too. Please follow us, subscribe to us on whatever fucking shit you listen to podcasts on. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. Uh, leave us review, leave reviews for us. Subscribe to our YouTube. Follow, uh, most importantly, follow our Twitter because we're going to make that shit lit. At Music Sucks Cast. My name is Jake. I'm Matt. This is Music Sucks and I Want to Die. We'll see you in two weeks. Hey, Jake. What? What? Do, what? <laughs> what? What do Eric Clapton and a cup of coffee have in common? What? They're both better with cream. This podcast is hey, canceled. Jake. No, what? Now. What's the difference between a baby and a bag of cocaine? Eric Clapton would never let a bag of cocaine fall out of window. <laughs> <laughs> that was all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>